All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Hoops Podcast. It is Thursday, June 29th, 2017. And before we jump into today's topics, if you haven't already, be sure to go back, listen to uh, several great episodes. And yesterday, a uh, big day where uh, you know I added in our interview that we did with South Carolina head coach Frank Martin. So be sure to go back, listen to that. A lot of great stuff in there on the Gamecocks. Uh, so be sure to check that out. And, and as I continue to say, Head over to southeasthoops.com. A lot of written stuff going up over there. And we're actually going to talk about one of the written pieces that have gone up over there this week. And that is about Bryce Drew and Vanderbilt, a team that's going to come into this season uh, with a lot of expectations based off of finishing the year on a a high note last year. Uh, And to do that, we're going to bring in a good friend, and that is Mr. David Sisk, who covers things over at vandysports.com. If you've listened to the Marching to Madness podcast, You've heard him on there as well, break down the game and stuff with us on there. So uh, be sure to check out those episodes, and he'll be back on there as well. But, David, uh, thanks for joining me as always, man. Yes, sir. I mean, you got me on after Frank Martin. Uh, he He's going to be really excited about that. He may use that as a recruiting. You know? Yeah, probably so. It's it's hard to follow up something like that. But, hey, I brought in the next biggest star that I could find. So <laughs> Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah buddy. and that was you. But, uh, all right, David, let's go ahead and dive into some topics here on this Vanderbilt team. Uh, just to start with here, just kind of looking back at the way last season ended, uh, obviously they went on a roll towards the end of last year, had a lot of positive things happen after struggling early on in the SEC play and really just seemed like they were going to to be a team that was kind of, you know, had no postseason whatsoever. But with the way that Northwestern game ended, felt like they had a chance. Uh, Obviously, we all remember kind of how things went down the stretch in that game. But just in general, your thoughts on this program kind of heading into this year. Luke Cornett's gone now to the NBA, but but where do you think, feel like, things stand here as we enter Bryce True's second season? Well, I I think um, for him – you know, it's it's uh, probably pretty bright. Um, and, you know, and for the program too. You know, they have a chance to go to the NCAA tournament uh, for the third year in a row. Uh, I saw Joe Lenardi's bracketology, and he's either got them at an eight or a nine. But he's got them in, you know, pretty comfortably. You know, this is not a team that's going to contend to be in the top ten in the country. It's not going to be a great team. I, I think they can. You know, uh, do like they did last year, perhaps uh, threaten to win 20 games. There are some question marks, uh, but they're going to be very solid on the perimeter. That's going to be a different-looking team. Last year, you know, you had Luke Cornett uh, patrolling inside, protecting the rim. The the perimeter game kind of found itself. But they're going to have a lot of different packages. They're going to be deep with LaChance, with uh, Fisher Davis, and Roberson back at two, three, and four, even though you do kind of consider it positionless the way they play. But uh, if you want to look at it from a traditional standpoint, let's say at two, three, and four, you know, those are good players and they're experienced players. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, I think that's something that people are going to kind of overlook is that experience that returns. But And obviously the, the biggest thing that's going to be glaring, I think, and you know, let's go ahead and dive into this, is talking about the hole that's going to be left from Luke Cornett's departure. 
And you think about the style of play, the, the things that he can do, stretch the floor and all those different things. And, and that's something that I wrote about, is talking about what Bryce True was saying on Monday on the SEC teleconference in talking about how they're going to be able to replace what he did in the front court. Now, they have some options, of course. Uh, Cleavon Brown returns, but they also have two other guys that I know he's going to look at as terms of just finding these guys, hoping that they can develop them to the point to where they can, you know, add on and try to somehow replace that production that, that Cornette had there, and that's Jerry Baptiste and Educa Abina. Uh, what do you kind of feel like these guys are going to be able to do there? Because like he was mentioning, you know, you know, these are still guys that maybe are adjusting to different things in terms of just the game of basketball in general based on, you know, where they grew up playing overseas and starting at, at a later age. But how do, how do you feel like these guys are going to kind of mesh in, into this rotation coming into this year? Well, I think what uh, Jerry is, what Jerry is, if you just want to put it bluntly. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who can uh, give you 15 points a night in this issue play. You know, he's a roughhouser. He's physical. Um, it's just got to be the game coming to him. Uh, and I'm a Roger Powell. Uh, talking to him a couple of months back, you know, he talked about the game with uh, Jerry and, and Cleavon Brown being freshmen. He said, look, I – when I played Illinois, it was the same way. It was so fast for me as a freshman. And he's really hoping that it slows down the sophomores. Jerry, it's, it's just the whole thing, the hands, the feet, the whole nine yards. You know, he's just got to get better. And, and obviously right now we're going to take a long, long look at Educate Obina. You know, Educate's highly touted. He was a top 150 player. They recruited several post players in the 2017 class. He was the one that really wanted. He was the most college ready uh, out of all those guys. Physically, he will put you in mind of, of uh, Jerry. Uh, hopefully, he's going to be a little farther along skill-wise than Jerry is. But the original plan was to redshirt him, and he's going to be uh, in the mix. It looks like at least have a chance to be in the mix. So that tells you there's a little bit of desperation right there on Vanderbilt's part, if you just read between the lines, that, that hopefully you know he can contribute or, or be ready. Um, Cleavon Brown, uh, I, I would not look past him if the others don't work to have Cleavon Brown even at 6'8", six, 6'9", six, in the post. He's extremely athletic. They think, he, and when I say they, I mean the coaching staff, they think he's going to be really good before he's done. And, he, you know, he showed spurts of athleticism last year. Uh, he can step out, shoot. Uh, he gives them more of a stretch guy like they had last year with Cornette. He's not as big. He's more athletic. Uh, and also, you know, they could go ultra small as, as deep as they are and as good as they are on the perimeter. They could go ultra small and play Roberson in the post uh, at 6'8 uh, himself, uh, who's not as athletic and as long as uh, Cleveland. So they've got a, a different uh, ways, a number of different ways that they can go in a post and I know they're hoping some of these work out for them. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. And you brought that up is talking about kind of how the game's moving more towards, you know, maybe you don't, you have more smaller guys on the floor. You're able to play with guys all out on the perimeter that can all step out and play that kind of style. But you look at those top guys. I mean, Matthew Fisher Davis, Riley Chance, uh, Jeff Roberson are all going to be on the floor. Joe Toy, I think, is going to be on the floor. So having those four guys on the floor already, getting a lot of minutes, it seems like, 
you know, then you just have one other spot for another guy. And like you said, someone from that group, uh, these front court guys. And then, you know what? We can't forget about Peyton Willis, too. I mean, think about kind of the strides he made last year and how is he going to fit in. I, and you're right. I think they just have depth. And I think that's the biggest, most intriguing aspect to me is how they're going to put all these pieces in place. And I know we'll get to a freshman here in a minute uh, that's going to factor in as well. But just talking about that group right there, I, the style of play that they're going to be able to play. Yeah, I think their perimeter. I, I think when you look at them as a perimeter team, they're a top twenty team on the perimeter. It's just that the post can can participate. Uh, I got a very good friend of mine who's very intelligent with basketball. He's been a Vanderbilt fan for a while, and he was just desperate last spring that they could get a really solid graduate transfer to post that was ready could step in because. You know, he was saying, man, you know how good this team could be, you know, if they could add a piece like that. Unfortunately, at Vanderbilt, it's very tough to get a bad, for, for different reasons to get a, a graduate transfer. But not only are they deep and talented, they offer different packages. They could go, you could look at, at Toy, and then let's talk about Larry Austin, transfer point guard out of Xavier who's really quick with the ball and very good defensively and add a couple of these freshmen, they go maybe less skilled and more athletic. Or you could take uh, a Fisher Davis and a uh, Riley LeChance on the floor. They're more skilled and less athletic. So there's, you know, could they go with a package who might really push the ball up and down the floor attack early off ball screens, extend the defensive pressure full court, or do they go with guys who can uh, play more traditional half court, a 19-9 game in the end. I know he wants to get more athletic. He wants to, uh, to, to, to extend pressure and play faster if he can do that. So, you know, like I said, they have a number of packages, I think, that they can use to show you different styles. Here's the interesting thing. Uh, to me and Blake, you might want to comment on this one. And this is where the posts come in. Last year, Cornette allowed the defensive team on the perimeter to not be as good. You know, I think there were times when they were not playing well. They were woeful defensively, especially when they zoned. Well, what happened is they started playing man, and it got to the point where they said, okay, we may not be very good out on the perimeter in certain spots, We'll let them blow by us, and we'll let Luke Cornett protect the rim. And he was huge, a huge factor in doing that. And what happened, it it changed the whole success rate of the team and the defensive mentality. Now, this year, you know, you could still have Fisher Davis and LaChance on the floor together who may not be as good defensively together. Now, I I still think Fisher Davis – is very good on the ball. But I think when you get them together out on the floor, and I think when they got better, they didn't play quite as much out there uh, uh, at the same time. And so you put them out there, and you don't have a rim protector. How does that affect it? You put some of these younger guys out there, a Saban Lee, a Max Evans, a, a Larry Austin Jr. who could really get in you defensively, maybe that covers you up being smaller inside and not having rim protectors. Uh, so, you know, he's got a lot of things to think about. That's why he gets the big bucks talking about Bryce Drew. Uh, they've got a number of ways to look at this and a number of ways they can go. And, you know, they may not even have that saw by Christmas. You know, it was the end of January before they really 
figured out, you know, what the team's identity was going to be. And, and you know, they may be searching a lot this year, too, before they finally strike on something. Yeah, and you bring up a good point because that was my biggest question mark is you talk about how whenever they were able to get around the perimeter guys and get to Cornette, you knew that more often than not, Cornette was going to alternate in some way. I mean, they, they, they could score, but he was going to alter shots and he was going to make things a lot more difficult. Now, without him in there, are are they going to be able to, to be able to do those kind of things? And I think that's where the concerns come in kind of right now. But like you said, I think as they grow throughout the season, they'll be able to use different patterns and different things they can do just because of the depth they have in the backcourt. And they'll have options. I'm going to tell you this. Don't overlook Cleavon Brown. I know you've got a ton of Vanderbilt fans who listen to this podcast. Do not forget about Cleavon Brown giving them post time. I think they really believe before he's done, he could be maybe an all-SEC type. They really have high hopes for him. Yeah, and we saw that last year. You know, we saw whatever the minutes that he played. He did play a lot of minutes last year, obviously, because of the rotation, and they had a lot of guys ahead of him. And he was a freshman. But, you know, thinking about what the potential is, uh, you're right. I think he's going to have an opportunity to step in based on where the other guys could be. Uh, you know, he's been there. He's he's the more polished player probably of the group and having the chance to, to really break out this year. And he's freakishly, freakishly athletic, freakishly athletic with some of the plays he made. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where they're hoping, like you said, as they try to get more athletic, they add him, they have a guy like Larry Austin, and then let's just go ahead and touch on this freshman group. Uh, in the backcourt, you talk about Saban Lee, uh, Evans, these guys, you know, what are your thoughts on them? I, I know Lee is just someone that the more you see this kid, you feel like this is that guy that's going to come in there in the backcourt and kind of have the total package in terms of everything they need from a speed standpoint, uh, his versatility, just does so many different things well. Bryce wants to add pieces on the perimeter that start on the defensive end. I know we won't talk about offense, but he is a defensive coach at heart. He starts out with Saban Lee, who's got incredible – I talked about incredible athleticism. You know, this is a guy who, who has that to the nth degree, won all kinds of slam dunk contests. You just go back and look at his highlight videos and YouTubes and dunk contests, and, and he's just – he brings the house down. Very long – can run. Uh, uh, mother uh, graduated from Vanderbilt Law School. His father's Ampley, who was uh, in the NFL for a long time, as running back, was start at Florida State. Um, he, he's that type of player who can get in somebody and just harass them all over the floor defensively. Then push the ball, come off ball screens. Uh, maybe a little uh, uh, cheek of his armor was the outside shooting. I, I think it's, it's going to be good enough. It's getting better. He's worked on that hard, so I don't think that's necessarily something where teams are just going to force him to do that. But he, he brings that that they've not had at that position in a long, long time. And, and then you have Max Evans, uh, who's kind of the same boat, uh, uh, really, when you describe players. The only difference, uh, Max, he's 6-1 and is really considered more of a 2 uh, but, but like I said, Bryce is going to play all these guys at combo spots anyway, uh, which really doesn't work against him. I think in rankings, uh, I think he was a guy that he was been about six three or six four. He'd been a top hundred player, and but I think you look at him and say, okay, six one is really not a point guard; he's a two guard. 
and and that kind of hurt him in the rankings. Saban, on the other hand, did not play uh, on on the shoe circuit in AAU. And I know from rival standpoint, I talked to Eric Bossy about him. I said, is there a chance for him to be ranked? And uh, his statement was, he said, look, I've just not got to see him. He said, I'm going to get to see him in July. He said, I, I just don't know anything about him. And that was the case. And when people got to see him that do these rankings, not only did he make the rankings, but it wasn't one of these deals where he said, okay, we're going to put him in at number 146 or something like that. Man, he exploded. He had, nobody had heard of him, and the next thing you know, he's like a ranked around number 100. So he's that type of player, but I, I think Max Evans is too. Uh, just to talk about the depth, I asked last July after it appeared that they were going to get Max Evans, Saban Lee had already committed. I asked Bryce Drew, I said, How? You've got a log jam, man. You're talking about Larry Austin. You're talking about you talked about the improvement of Peyton Willis. You've got Raleigh Lachette. I said you've got five guys on the floor there who's six four smaller. I said, What are you going to do? That's a lot. You can't play all those guys, can you? He said, Yes, we can. He said, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about size. You know, he said I can play three of those guys at one time on one through three. So, you know, he can play three, sub two in for those. Uh, you know, he he's not concerned about that situation on size and I try to go back last season the NCAA tournament and look at teams kind of reminds me a lot of Xavier if, if you look at Xavier they did that same thing you know they were a small team uh, uh, you know not huge in a post they play a lot of small guards you might look at them at one through four a lot of times you know I think when they beat uh, 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 was, was it them it beat Arizona I believe it was yeah. and they uh, they had a lot of times out there on the floor. I really watched that game closely because I wanted. I was kind of looking at Vanderbilt's future when I watched them, and they've got guys out there on the perimeter. They're playing four guys on one through four. Nobody else out there is over six five. So um, you know that that might give you kind of a visual in, in the way that he wants to go. But he's definitely not scared to play a bunch of those uh, uh, smaller guys on the floor at the same time. Well, and I think that's going to be important, especially when you get to the SEC slate, because I think you look around the SEC, and as I study these backcourts in the SEC and all these guards, I mean, the depth is just tremendous for all these teams around the SEC. And there are obviously some quality frontcourt guys without a doubt, but I think that's where the depth is in this conference now, is talking about all these guards. And that's where, like you said, I think he's going to have an opportunity to put all those guys out there because – that, w- that could be the same thing a lot of teams are doing around the conference. And, and like we mentioned earlier, it's kind of the way the game's moving towards now where you're seeing a lot of, you know, smaller guys and, and especially pretty much everyone on the floor being able to play, you know, outside of the perimeter and take their game out there. And so that's going to be a big aspect. And you mentioned how, you know, kind of trying to bring the shooting along with some of these other guys that are going to come in. But, boy, we look back at this Vanderbilt team last year, the way they shot the ball, finished 14th in the country in three-point field goals per game. They averaged 10 a game. Um, and just th- that was obviously a strength. Being able to shoot the ball, I think having that experience is going to be another strength. But, David, when we talk about the weaknesses, and we've covered a couple of them so far, but just if you look at this team and you say, okay, these are specific areas where they're going to have to improve if they're going to be a lock for the NCAA tournament, the first thing I look at is rebounding. I think when you lose Cornette, uh, you know, and being able to have some guys who are going to turn into proven rebounders. We know Jeff Roberson. He he rebounds, you know, as well as anybody. 
but how they're going to replace that is a question mark I have. And then also talking about that inside defense. Well, what are your thoughts just on some of the weaknesses that are kind of glaring right now with this team? Well, one thing that may be able to help is, you know, the athleticism picks up on the perimeter. I, I definitely think Saban Lee, uh, Larry Austin, guys like that, all these freshmen coming in on the perimeter. Max Evans, our athletic guys. Of course, uh, Larry Austin's not a freshman. He'll be a, a redshirt uh, junior. Uh, all these guys are very athletic, but hard-nosed guys that like, that, that like to play defense, that like to do the real things, stick their nose in there. So I think all those guys can do that. Uh, and and uh, you're just going to have, I think, obviously, Toy, you know, he likes the defensive part of it. I think, uh, you know, it's going to come down uh, to see if Matthew Fisher Davis is all in. I think that's going to be a big question. But that's the frustration. You know, I, I don't really think of the Northwestern game. It's not the first thing I think of. You know, you go back to the regular season last year, and there was frustrations with the coaches, there was frustrations with the fans, that he was not a guy who had balled in all the time. He was not a guy that gave 100%, especially on the defensive end. He's, he can be the best perimeter defender they have at times, though. You never know it by watching him. Uh, if he's balled in, uh, you know, he takes that defense to a whole other level. And, and I think as a senior – and coming back and knowing that, that Bryce Drew really stuck his neck out for him after the Northwestern game, you know, that's going to be something to look at, too. I think if he does that, uh, then I think you that really helps them in, in the areas that you're, you're talking about. But uh, obviously, like we said, you know, the post play's got to come along as well. Yeah, and that's a good point on, on Fisher Davis. I mean, look, this is a guy averaged 14 points a game last year, and if he's at his best – He's someone that's hard to stop on the offensive end of the floor. And like you said, he can be a great defender. And I think he has a chance to be, you know, once again, an all-SEC kind of player this year. And hopefully everything is straightened out now to the point to where he's going to have a big season. Because, you know, the more I look at this team, the more we talk about this team, there's just a lot to like. Uh, You know, there's so many different aspects of this team that they're going to have this year. And like we say, a lot of people are going to look at that Cornet, you know, exit and be like, well, what do they do now? But when you think of everybody that's returning, all the guys who played, you know, 20 plus minutes that are coming back, all the guys that shot, you know, 35% or higher from three, there's just a lot of different aspects of this team that I think is going to make them, you know, another very good season. And like you said, the, the biggest thing to look for, I think, is just seeing how they adjust to different things along the way. Because there are going to be some things, obviously, as there is every season, that they're going to have to tweak along the way. But I think that's one of the things that stood out to me last year about Bryce True. You think about where this team was when they were struggling. And then, you know, for him to, as what good coaches always do, to be able to adjust to his personnel and put them in the right position. Because what was work, you know, what they were doing before just wasn't working. But once they did that, uh, to see them kind of finish the season the way they did, uh, that has to give people a lot of confidence, obviously, going forward now. Yeah, and you look, it's not always a given that you handle things in that way. Um, and, and I thought early last season before Christmas, and I've said this in several articles that uh, oh, we're going to find out a lot about Bryce Drew. Is he a guy, one of those who's going to come in and say, look, I'm going to do it with my players. And this is a, We're going to do it my way. I mean, uh, fans at, at Pittsburgh in, in Memphis last year were kind of exasperated that they had first-year coaches that, that that was the way they did it. And it, it, it just 
did not work out in the first year. It, it really has the coaches backed into a corner going into the second year. Whereas Bryce, you know, he was appeared to me he was all about the players, all about the program, and you know, he was. I think he's obviously he's got a plan the way he wants to do things, but he showed flexibility, and um, I, I think uh, he didn't have to do that. That's not necessarily. Uh, well, you have to do it. You want to win, you could say, but that doesn't mean coaches going to do it that way. You know, coaches sometimes are, are are some of the most stubborn people that you'll ever come across. But he showed flexibility, and I think fans of the program, you know, really uh, need to be grateful for that. And uh, obviously, uh, it helped them in a spot, like we said, going into his second year. He's got a chance to get to the NCAA tournament you know, in each of his first two years, and for the third year in a row for uh, Vanderbilt to do that, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, they would be the only team in the SEC besides Kentucky that uh, would have accomplished that. Pretty outstanding, like we said, to look back at last season and just kind of see the adjustments that were made. And like you said, it's all about adjustments, and that was something where it was a wait and see. Is he going to be able to adjust to, to the things that were going on? And sure enough, when he did it, you know, he hit the right buttons because they just turned it on. And it's going to be, you know, very intriguing to kind of see all how all these pieces come together with the returning guys and, and all these new talented players they're going to add on the floor there. But, David, uh, I know we'll talk plenty more here throughout the off season. but uh, thanks for joining me today. And uh, let people know where they can find all your work and follow you on Twitter and such. Well, I appreciate that. On Twitter, it's Coach David Fisk. And I work with uh, BandySports.com on the Rivals Network. So uh, I, I feel like we do some good stuff over there. Uh, I think there's probably not a, an SEC uh, school that, that ha- on the Rivals Network or, or any other that puts as much emphasis into the basketball recruiting and basketball as we do. There's a lot of basketball stuff on there. Uh, and, and Rivals does a good job. They've added Corey Evans along with Eric Bossy, and they're really on top of recruiting now. And there's a lot of information on there about that. Like I said, uh, Chris Lee has given us a lot of leeway just to do basketball. I'll be going here in July to the Adidas uh, uh, Nationals over in Spartanburg, South Carolina, then coming back through Cartersville, Georgia for the Under Armour Nationals. So we're looking forward to all that. Uh, we've already been to the uh, saw the EYBL Nike. So we've seen just about uh, – we'll see just about every really good player in the country uh, this summer, and we do a lot of riding on those. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of information. If you're a Vanderbilt fan, there's a lot of information out there on basketball you won't get anywhere else. I can promise you that, and uh, we'd love to have you join. Absolutely, and like you said, you know, if you're listening to this, you're a Vanderbilt fan, you know who Chris Lee is, you you know all the great work they do over there on that site. Uh, So be sure to head over there and check it all out if you're not already. Uh, Just some wonderful information, like he said. You're not going to find that kind of stuff anywhere else. So be sure to check it out, and uh, thanks as always to you guys for listening to the Southeast Hoops podcast. If you aren't already, be sure to head over to your podcast app on your phone, search for Southeast Hoops. And you can subscribe, get every episode delivered to you as they go up. And like we continue to say, uh, you know, these are going up Monday through Friday throughout the off offseason. Uh, so be sure to check it out with a lot of SEC stuff on the way here throughout the off offseason. Interviews with all sorts of people around the SEC. So thanks as always for listening to the podcast. And I will talk to you guys in tomorrow's episode.